Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. It is Tuesday. That means Tuesday with Modica on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Uh, Al will be with us momentarily. So for now, you got me, and the theme today is kind of the youth gone wild in MLB. Uh, No more than Juan Soto, who homered in his second at bat, first last night, on the first pitch of the game that he did see. Uh, He's just one of many. Tyler O'Neill is making his presence known. And the guy that's kind of going under the radar on the, you know, the most marketable, most known team in baseball, Gleyber Torres. You know, he's had a hell of a hell of a run in his first 25 games. So we're going to break down some stuff today, as we do always over this next hour. We'll touch on these young kids, as I mentioned. But let's uh, talk about the first things first here. And for me, it's something I'm hoping is a reality. Clayton. Oh, okay. Matty uh, Moe. The, the one and only, the great Nando DeFino. I'm just here for hero support. You go ahead. I'm, I'm here to keep you company. That sounds good. Well, you know, you know always, need, uh, always need a good co-pilot on board. It's the least I could do. Uh, Nando, you think Clayton Kershaw makes his return next weekend? You know, I <laughs> – I don't know. I, I think it's weird to speculate on that, but I think by if next weekend they're like, oh, he might make it by Thursday, I'd feel okay putting in my lineups. I, I'm going to wait till the would very be, last second. Would you be looking to either acquire Kershaw on this news, or would you be looking, if you own him, to possibly trade him before he does make this start? I think I'd want to trade him right now. I feel like he's not totally – look, when a player gets hurt and he doesn't have surgery – I'm in total stock devalue mode, um, and that's where I'm standing on that. I mean, if you know, oh, he's he's chosen rehab for his torn rotator cuff. It's say it's Tanaka's really the only guy, and I guess Garrett Richards to a degree, um, but that's with the whole new PRP thing. But if you're not getting surgery and you're trying rehab and you're resting it, uh, I think at some point something bad is going to happen, and you're maybe eighty to seventy percent of that value. So I guess the question would be, if you were going to trade Kershaw. What are you willing to take back? 80%? It has to be like a minimum of 80% or higher of his value? 90%? Is there what, – what's the bargain? You're not going to get 100%. I see, I, my values are so screwed up from everyone else's. Like if, I, I've, <laughs> I'm, like if someone's like, hey, I'll give you Severino and Barrios for Kershaw, that doesn't – I don't think that's right. It would be something like Severino and – I don't know. That's the end. I think Severino for Kershaw straight up isn't crazy. I think, you know, Kershaw's been in that big four all draft season. And Severino's been a top ten guy. I mean, if I was inclined to move Kershaw 
and I can get a Severino, I think that's pretty fair. Well, I'll leave oh, you with ridiculous. this because Al, oh, Al's here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much. Sorry for uh, my, my technical issues on my end here. Al, you've got no it from here. No problem, Al. I'll, I'll see you on Thursday, Al. Matty Mo, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, All right, now to Thursday. <laughs> Hello, Matt. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, I know you are, and I and I am too now. So thank you for uh, for covering me there for a few minutes. Uh, anyway, so you were talking about Kershaw. Yeah, no, I mean, I ha- I didn't draft Kershaw pretty much the whole draft season, and I started drafting in like the end of November. I did start acquiring him very late in like a couple of my biggest leagues. So I'm excited on the news. I need Kershaw. I can't trade Kershaw. The leagues I play in are non-trade leagues, so. I'm hoping he's uh, 100% and we can roll from here. Yeah, no, I am too. And uh, we just hope that uh, the Dodgers have been as cautious as possible. Uh, you know, the reports sound good. Doesn't sound like he's being rushed back. So, it's, uh, yeah, I'll keep our, our fingers crossed. Um, now, uh, have you talked about D. Gordon yet? Because I just caught this news right before uh, trying to come on the air here. So, no, I just pretty much I mentioned a couple of the young players going crazy, and so we get into that later. And started off with Clayton Kershaw. All right, great. Well, uh, let, let's uh, jump over to D. Gordon because uh, just a little bit earlier today, he was placed on the DL with a fractured right toe. Uh, was apparently sustained in uh, last night's game. So uh, you know, just a, a chain reaction there, and. In Seattle, uh, you know, basically second baseman going down like uh, Spinal Tap drummers, but uh, they are bringing Vogel back. <laughs> he, he, you can't keep him away. No, apparently not. Uh, this is not the way we want to do it, though. But uh, yeah, now he's been been called back up. So I haven't even really had time to kind of di- digest this. Uh, I su- well, I don't. I, I'm not quite sure how that's how that's going to work. Um, no, because I, I think he can only play first to DH. Yeah, and uh, unless Nelly Cruz is <laughs> going to play the outfield, so I'm sorry, Matt. What was that? Yeah, I don't think uh, Vogelback is that versatile. No. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think so. So, how, uh, any thoughts? And uh, I'm just throwing this at you, but any thoughts on how this uh, plays out in terms of lineup construction for uh, the uh, mean, for the Mariners? The sad part is Gene Segura has been playing really well. Uh, Mariners need to win now. Uh, one interesting thought that popped in my head as I was walking back to my apartment to do the show was, if you can get Billy Hamilton at a at, you know at a discount, a lot of people don't like Billy Hamilton, but as a major league player, he's a hell of a center fielder. He's got the speed that you're losing with a guy like D. Gordon. If you can get him at a reasonable price. Would that be something you'd want to entertain? Get the Mariners. I would think so. I, I would absolutely think so. They seem like a a good fit. And I remember speculating. I don't think it was a show you were on, Matt, but I was speculating that they made sense for Scooter Jeanette, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's now that's they really make sense. <laughs> yeah, now they really make sense for Scooter Jeanette. Um, so, yeah, I, I, maybe Vogelbach is just there for depth. Uh, I'm cheating. I'll admit this. I'm looking at roster resource to see how they're dealing with this. They got Beckham at second. They're keeping Segura at short. Uh so, you know, I guess it's just, yeah, sliding Beckham back in at second base. I guess you can see Beckham or Romine. And we're kind of, I guess, back to square one, in a sense, before the news came that uh, 
D Gordon was taking reps at second base. And we were thinking, well, okay, I guess it'll be Romine and Beckham at second base. And the only difference, of course, is that D Gordon's totally out of there and Guillermo Heredia's in, uh, in center field. Well, Greg Sussman brought it up earlier today on uh, FST. What about Brandon Phillips? Uh, supposedly he tweeted out an Instagram picture. He said he's ready. He was in a batting cage. But if, if you can't get a Scooter Jeanette and you just sign a, a Brandon Phillips right now, a veteran guy, you know, you could just plug and play him in there for the rest of the season or until Robbie Cano comes back in August. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think that would be terrible. I, you know, I would worry. I mean, he, you know, he was serviceable last season. And, you know, I, I just imagine that he's not going to be able to, to get, you know, rushed back that, uh, you know, he'll need to get into, you know, I mean, look at, you know, just for example, Logan Morrison getting signed late and how long it's taken him to get, get on track. Is it your birthday, Matt? Yes, it is. Birthday, dear Matt Modica. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. Well, well, thank you, everybody. It's it's good to know I made it to forty-five. So, <laughs> you and Bartolo, me, me and Big Bart. He turns th- uh, forty-five in a few days, I think. Oh, look at that! So I'm older than Bart. I'm older than Bartolo, so that's a little depressing. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, it's just not been the same for me since Jamie Moyer retired. So I, I, <laughs> I feel your pain. So, well, happy birthday, Matt, and thank well, you thank for you, uh, taking, uh, uh, you know, small part of it uh, to to share with us here. It's always a pleasure doing uh, doing the show with you, Al. Ah, oh, man, well, the, much much appreciated. Yeah, Bartolo Colon turns forty five. On Thursday, on Nando Thursday, so we'll have to Nando Nando we'll have to oh, have to uh, figure out something you know appropriate to do for that. I'm not exactly sure what that will be. So yeah, so D Gordon out. I haven't seen any sort of timetable there, but uh, yeah, you know Brandon Phillips or uh, Billy Hamilton. I mean, I think those would both be uh, you know upgrades for them. Um, I'm not. I guess I'm not. You know, if I'm a Mariners fan, I'm not thrilled about them uh, plugging Brandon Phillips in there. I think he'd be okay, but yeah, I mean, he's better than Beckham and uh, Roman, I think. Yeah, I would definitely think so. I just think I was happy. I thought I was going to hear when I first heard the news that he was out because of a PED again. So at least it wasn't that. Yeah. So actually, the way I set that up, you know, it's actually it's good news, right? Yeah. In a relative sense. (laughs) <laughs> so there's that just yeah, lower your expectations and you can feel much much better about all this uh we've got some cardinals rotation news uh carlos martinez threw some long toss uh he said he was pain-free according to fox sports midwest but uh, still no uh eta in terms of when he's actually going to start throwing off of a mound and um not exactly a related news item but from, from a fantasy perspective, I guess it's a little bit related, that uh, we do have the announcement from uh, GM Michael Gersh that Alex Reyes, when he's ready to come back, he is going to be a starter. That's been the speculation. Uh, it's been confirmed. He's going to start this Thursday for AAA Memphis and maybe back to start for the Cardinals in seven days against the Brewers. That's May 29th, uh, that report coming from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So really, I mean... 
we, we got a question actually from Dave Anderson, uh, who uh, sent us questions now and then for us to answer uh, about what this might mean for, for Jack Flaherty. But, you know, given that we don't have a, an ETA for Carmart, maybe at least in the short term, that's the swap is that uh, you, you have yeah. Reyes taking over his spot, but, but longer term, we, we need to at least speculate on this. I think, well, I, I look at Flaherty's flash, some, some dominance. I mean, straight out dominance. I mean, right now, if I had to make a call, it might be Luke Weaver mm-hmm. uh, that gets pushed to the bullpen or whatever. Because Flaherty, I wouldn't take out right now. That being said, when they have the six arms all together, it'll probably work itself out somehow, some way. Somebody will probably get <laughs> injured. I'm not hoping anybody gets injured. because they're, No, they're of course putting, not. They're putting together a hell of a rotation in St. Louis right now, the way everything's coming together for them. And I'm extremely excited about Reyes. I wish I had shares. I don't. But uh, right now, I, I couldn't take Flaherty out if he keeps like – he struck out, what, 13 guys on Sunday? Yeah. On Saturday? Yeah. And that that was a hell of a performance. I mean, he was just – Oh, it, 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 it was. I'm sorry to cut you off, Matt. Uh, it absolutely was a hell of a performance. And I, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, I'm with you in terms of yeah, what I would do. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Weaver and just uh, on yesterday's show is saying you know, Weaver had a good start last time out. I like his chances to bounce back, but it's it's a numbers game. And he does seem like the one who uh, it would best serve the Cardinals to put him in, in the bullpen. But I'm not so sure that's what's going to happen. I mean, we've seen Flaherty bounce up and down a little bit. And, and we've, you know, we've seen this with pitchers who who have been dominant at times, you know, Nick Kingham. Uh, another example that comes to mind, uh, you know, so maybe they, they, in spite of the great performance, they send Flaherty down. I don't think that's what they should do. I'm not even sure that's what they would do, but it also would not surprise me. Yeah, that, I, I think you're right there. I'm hoping that it, uh, it, it's not the case. I mean, as long as this kid's doing what he's doing, it would be criminal to take him out of the rotation. And like I said, it'll probably work itself out somehow, some way. But if you're a Cardinals fan, you got to be pretty happy with this rotation. Yeah, I'm not sure what statute governs that in terms of criminal law, but we'll, <laughs> we'll look into that. <laughs> we'll look into that. Uh, well, we got a bunch more uh, news to get to here, and I want to also get to uh, lineups because we got hopefully a full slate tonight. Uh, the weather seems like it's going to cooperate with that. We'll talk about that too. So let's just uh, get to these other news items here. Uh, the Orioles' plan for Zach Britton, according to Masson, is for him to go to to AAA Norfolk on uh, May 30th. That is coming up very soon, eight days away. So uh, if you're a Brad Brock owner, get get ready for that possible change. Uh, And again, that's Norfolk, but that means that his time to reach the majors is getting sooner. Uh, According to Masson, also some Nationals news that uh, Ryan Zimmerman might be ready fairly soon, according to Davey Martinez, but probably going on a rehab assignment before he does come back. Uh, and I said I was going to do these quickly, but I can't really blow past that one, Matt, without uh, asking you about the fallout there. Matt Adams really slumping. Three hits in his last 28 at-bats with no homers. Uh, Mark Reynolds hitting for power. Of course, Juan Soto just got there. Is, is Adams, you think, the uh, the odd guy out when Zimmerman comes back? Uh, I th- probably, well, he could play the outfield. It's... I made a mistake. I cut Mark Reynolds. I have him on a, a couple of leagues. I did cut him. I got him cheap last week for, like, nothing in fab. He didn't, 
the, the Nationals didn't play. And with Soto getting the call up, Zimmerman nearing a return, I still think Adams is a, a good player. I think Adams and Reynolds are the same kind of guy. One, you know, <laughs> and you could just platoon them, if anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just a question of if you platoon them. I mean, that's going to be at, at first base. Adams, of course, can play the outfield. But then, you know, does, does Soto get yeah, – I was get, kicking uh, myself when I cut uh, Reynolds because I had to make a decision. I picked up O'Neill at least for him because I thought maybe that's the right way to go. But watching that, uh, Reynolds with two homers was, was unpleasant. Well, I don't think it's the wrong move, though, because there, there's going to be some kind of roster crunch there. And uh, I am a little bit skeptical of Reynolds. I mean, I loved him in Colorado. I'm a little bit skeptical despite the two-homer game <laughs> about him being able to get a lot of playing time uh, once Zimmerman comes back. But, uh, you know, that could mess with a whole bunch of people, Reynolds, Adams, and, and maybe Juan Soto, too. So, well, we got a lot more to get to still. Uh, we will get to it. We'll go over the rest of the news, look at weather and lineups, and uh, look at uh, Mark Reynolds' big two-homer day, and Glaber Torres' as well. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, with me today, as he is every single Tuesday, because it's Tuesdays with Modica, Matt Modica. Matt, also Matt, uh, handled about the first five minutes of the show with Nando DeFino. So you got a little bonus Nando time there as well. Uh, so, uh, well, Matt, how's, how's it going with your, uh, your teams lately? Uh, so far, it's, you know, it's off to a good start. Uh, I'm top five in the NFBC main event, and I'm top five in the NFBC auction championship. So feeling pretty good today. And, you know, it's a long season, though. I wish it was more yeah. like September 21st instead of May uh, 21st. <laughs> and, and I'm wishing it was, was April 21st because uh, actually it's, it's a mixed bag. Doing really well in some leagues and, and really not so well in some others. Um, but plenty of time. That's, that's what I'm telling myself. And, and uh, there is. There is plenty of time. And are, are you in any daily lineup leagues? I am not in any daily lineup leagues. The NFBC, at least the way they do it for the weekly, is for the hitters. It's Monday through Thursday. And then you can make the changes for Friday for, for the weekend. The pitchers are in for the whole week. All right. Yeah, that is similar to the Fantrax Beat Al Melchior League uh, that I'm in. Uh, that's a, it's a draft and hold, but you can make lineup changes on that schedule. So, uh, well, I asked about the daily lineups because, uh, last week I, uh, for the first time that I can recall on this show, uh, other than the dedicated DF segments that we're now doing here on Wednesdays, 
I, I dedicated part of the show to looking at uh, uh, the, the night slate uh, with daily lineup leagues in mind. And I'm doing it again. We're doing it again. You're going to join me. Uh, we're doing it again today uh, because, again, it looks like it should be a full slate for tonight. I mean, the 15 scheduled games. Weather doesn't look too bad. So, uh, you know, I thought that'd be be a nice thing to do. And plus it dovetails with some things uh, that I've uh, written today. And um, there's a lot of interesting pitchers in particular on the slate. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. Uh, but first, we'll get to the rest of the news. And also, uh, as we always do, uh, take a look back at the previous night's games uh, at some of those big performances, like Mark Reynolds' two home runs. But before we get to that, uh, let me just get to a few more news items here. Uh, according to Newsday, Aaron Boone says there's a Really good chance that Tommy Canley is going to be ready to rejoin the Yankees on Friday. However, uh, the decision regarding Greg Bird is going to happen in about a week uh, at best. So that is very, very different from what I had talked about in the show yesterday, thinking he might be back sometime this week. So it looks like that's definitely not going to happen. Zach Davies, however, is going to be back for the Brewers this week. He is now scheduled to start Thursday. Uh, come off the DL uh, from his uh, shoulder strain. So uh, for Zach Davey owners, if you started him this week, there you go. Uh, Brewers yesterday sent Freddie Peralta back down to Colorado Springs so that they can make room for Chase Anderson, who came off the DL yesterday and started. Uh, Matt, I saw Freddie Peralta against the Twins on Saturday. I was in Minneapolis. Uh, so... Uh, not not a great performance, but that we kind of now seen the two sides of Freddie Peralta mm-hmm. because he's been a great strikeout uh, guy in the minors, but also walks have been an issue and you know, a lot of walks right off the bat uh, against the Twins on Saturday. I did get him in one league uh, this weekend for like I think it was forty dollars out of a thousand, and I'm I'm not upset. I had a feeling there was a chance he could get you know uh, demoted with. Anderson and Davies coming back. But I think this team is going to need somebody with a swing and miss approach that he does mm-hmm. offer. Yes, he's young. He's wild. He's always had that wild tendency in the minors. But hopefully for the Brewers, if you're a Brewer fan, Jimmy Nelson can come back by the end of June. He seems to be uh, progressing well. Hopefully he goes out on the rehab stint in the near future. And if you have a guy like Peralta, maybe give him a little more seasoning for another couple of weeks. At least you're bringing swing and miss to this line, uh, to this team. Yeah. So yeah, I would not get too attached to uh, Brent Suter at this point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I definitely you know should be room for both of those guys uh, down down the line. Uh, Dustin Pedroia is going to play for Pawtucket today and tomorrow. May return for the Red Sox on Friday, according to MLB.com. And per the New York Post, Jose Bautista, who was just let go by the Braves uh, within the last couple of days, uh, actually, that was Sunday, uh, the, the Mets are now interested in Bautista. Twins DFA'd Phil Hughes, who had $22 million left on his contract. They brought up uh, Ryan Lamar. And also the Astros have released John Singleton, who, if my memory uh, is correct on this, uh, was already DFA'd earlier in the season. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to uh, the weather as I had uh, been sort of teasing you with that uh, so far throughout the show. I think the games to watch here would be uh, the Nationals hosting the Padres and the Phillies hosting the Braves. Those are both 7.05 scheduled Eastern time starts. Uh, 
I, I think those are maybe going to be delays because the chance of precipitation uh, goes down pretty rapidly after the scheduled first pitch. So not a big worry there, but I'd say those are your, your biggest worries. we got a little bit of rain at City Field uh, predicted for tonight, but same situation there where that, that rain chance goes down pretty quickly. So I think we should get in the full 15 games. And as far as lineups go, we got the Cubs lineup. And uh, they'll be facing Trevor Bauer and the Indians. Uh, they'll be sending Tyler Chatwood out to the mound. Nothing too uh, unusual there. Uh, we got the Angels at Blue Jays, Garrett Richards and Jay Happ. And uh, no Blue Jays lineup yet, but for, we got the Angels, Shoei Otani, DHing and batting fifth. And Chris Young, uh, not surprising against the lefty Jay Happ. You got Chris Young in the lineup playing right field and batting ninth. And then finally, we got both lineups for Pirates Reds, Jamison Tyone and Matt Harvey. And Austin Meadows getting another start. Again, not too surprising there. He's batting seventh. And for the Reds, let's see who they've got lined up in the outfield. Shebler, Hamilton, Duval. Uh, all right. So that seems to be pretty much everything you need to know so, so far about lineups. Um, so... Yeah, I want to talk about the the slate a little bit later, but let's take a step back to yesterday's games. Uh, a couple of two homer performances, Matt. Glaber Torres, his fifth and sixth home runs in a uh, power drenched game <laughs> in Texas, and uh, Mark Reynolds, who we've already talked about some three for five with his third and fourth homers against the Padres. So uh, obviously, playing time not going to be an issue for for Torres. We've talked about that a bit with Reynolds, but. Uh, I really did not foresee this kind of power for Glaber Torres. I thought he'd be more of just like a batting average, maybe doubles power kind of guy initially. But you think he can uh, can keep this going? I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of with you. I wasn't expecting a big power surge from him, but pretty much over a month, about 25 games now, to get six homers. Uh, I think he can hit, you know, with the current landscape, I, I still think he can hit another 10 home runs. And even if he only hit seven home runs the rest of the season, if he gives you some average scores, runs, RBIs, the middle infield position has been pretty bad this year. So I think that's uh, he's filling the need for fantasy owners. That he is, uh, absolutely. Uh, I've got him in tout wars, and it's a sort of uncomfortable position where it seems like maybe it'd be a good time to sell, but... Maybe this is, you know, with a, with a rookie especially, you just you're never quite sure what to, what to expect. And I feel like I would kick myself if if he kept this going and I traded. Well, him. the one thing I would say, and one of the reasons I in the leagues where I didn't draft him and I, and I had to go out and bid for him, the one thing that was attractive to me is the pe- the pedigree. I saw him at Arizona Fall League the year before, and he's in this lineup, in this ballpark, the American League East. So when you put everything together. Uh, I mean, if I'm selling, I want something good. Absolutely, yeah, definitely should should not uh, sell short on on Glaber Torres. Um, Nick Williams went two for four against the Braves yesterday. Hit his third home run. He's been been heating up a bit and taking playing time away from Aaron Altair. And Williams is in the starting lineup again for the Phillies. He's batting sixth, uh, playing right field. Uh, that's going to be Vince Velasquez and Brandon McCarthy. Uh, is Williams somebody to pick up maybe in a 15-team mixed league if he's out there right now? Uh, I I would think so. He's some if, look if you really if your outfield's banged up, it seems like the tide has turned from Altair to Williams. 
I have him in my queue as a conditional bid on a few teams when I was going through, looking ahead already for this Sunday night. Altair's a conditional bid as of right now. Depends how much you need him. But, you know, he he can offer you different things. He's got some speed, some power. He's young, and he seems to be he's on the right side of the platoon right now. Yeah, it would, would appear so. I was, I know, unhappy with Gabe Kapler earlier in the season. I, He should be happier now, I would think. And Altair, by the way, also did homer in that game coming off the bench yesterday, too. But it's uh, it's Nick Williams getting the start yeah, tonight. Yeah, look here, Al. Nick Williams is in uh, 37 plate appearances. He's batting 313 in the month of May. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's hitting well, so... Kapler maybe just going with the hot hand there, but but you know staying, staying hot with the homer last night. Um, also, by the way, we've just we got now we've got uh, lineups just pouring in. Uh, let's see, so we got Nationals, Padres, Hulkson versus Lauer, and uh, Juan Soto back in the lineup. We talked about this situation earlier. Of course, Ryan Zimmerman not back yet, and they're also they're facing the lefty Eric Lauer, so no Matt Adams, Reynolds at first, uh, Soto in left field uh, for that one. And for the Padres against Helixson, Franchi Cordero back and batting cleanup. And Corey Spangenberg playing third, uh, batting sixth, sixth. And you got the back-to-back Frans. Franchi and Franmil. Uh, Franmil had his first home last night, right? Uh, he did, yep. He should have made the notes. <laughs> oh, one thing real quick here. I, I know when they first called him up, Soto, they mentioned he was going to sit against tough lefties. Obviously, last night wasn't a tough lefty or – or even like uh, what he's going to be up with, the guys he has ahead of him this week. But it seems like Soto, you know, has just squashed any any talk of that. He was crushing lefties in the minors, so I really don't see how this kid is taken out of the lineup unless he just <laughs> goes ice cold. Uh, right, right. That's not happened yet. Uh, two for four in his first start, first major league start on Monday against Padres with his first Major League home run. So, yeah, off to a great start there. Then we'll, yeah, we'll see how he does against the lefty Eric Lauer uh, tonight since he's in the starting lineup. You mentioned uh, Tyler O'Neill earlier. Uh, he is now homer for the third straight game, also doubled against the Royals on Monday. And Matt Carpenter uh, starting to turn things around. He homered and doubled in that same game, went three for four. So you think uh, O'Neill can just uh, keep his bat in the lineup at this point? Well, the problem is he's really going to have to just keep hitting. Nobody doubts the power that he offers. It's the batting average. Uh, since the call-up on whatever Friday or so, end of last week, you know, mm-hmm. three straight games and a homer. Uh, the guy I got for cheap in a couple places in 15-team leagues. I would think the Cardinals are going to give him a look this time. They had called him up a month ago, and I don't know really for what reason. He really didn't play, but now it seems like he's going to get a chance. He's a little hot. So he's somebody that could possibly work himself into playing time. Yeah, I mean, they're going the, you know, the uh, Phillies-Reds uh, route here with, with something of a rotation. And Cardinals lineup is out. Tonight it's Tommy Pham who's uh, having to sit. Uh, so Dexter Fowler back, I think it was he uh, that sat on Monday. Uh, so Fowler's leading off. And then O'Neal in there again, obviously. I mean, you're not going to take the guy out until he uh, – has a game without a home run, at least, I would think. So uh, you got Fowler, O'Neal, and Ozuna in the Cardinals uh, outfield uh, tonight. So uh, we got that lineup. That's uh, Luke Weaver and Jason Hamill in that one. 7.15 Central Time start at Bush Stadium. Uh, and Carpenter, I'm not sure what there is to say there. I mean, it's, I think, you know, now the 
the window to buy low is probably closing quickly if it if it hasn't closed already. I would, but if look, I like Matt Carpenter, but if somebody's believing that this is going to continue throughout the season and Matt Carpenter's fine now, if I can get something good in return, I'm going to sell. Yeah, you know, that, I guess that's the other angle to it, right? Now you, now you finally have an opportunity where you could sell them if you don't believe in them. So that's a very good point. I'm a little upset, point. though, with, with the lineup. I don't see uh, Jed Jerko in there. And I was a little excited that he was going to get the heavy doses of playing time. That's what they stated with DeJong being out. So, Yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, you get uh, Yairo Munoz at shortstop. So, you know, maybe it's just giving Jerko a, a spell. But uh, Jason Hamill, that would have been. A pretty nice matchup for him. Mm-hmm. Jason I mean, Cole to... Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe uh, Jer- Jerko gets a, a pinch hit homer tonight. So, uh, all right, we've got a, a few pitchers to look at, uh, actually quite a few. Miles Michaelis with the, the best of several really good performances, a complete game shutout with just four hits and one walk, and nine big strikeouts against the Royals. I don't expect the strikeouts from Michaelis uh, start to start, but he, he does go uh, you know deep into games frequently. He's very efficient. Yeah, he's been he's been a dream. I wasn't on him uh, to begin with, and then late in the season, late in the draft season, I did get on him in a couple of spots, and he's just returning some great value. He's obviously going to pull back from what he's doing right now, but I think he's still going to be a good pitcher rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's made nine starts now, and he already has 60 in a third innings. So, you know, in a, in a time when you're seeing pitchers go shorter and shorter, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. So, and about uh, six walks on the season? <laughs> so let's see. Yep. Good call. Six walks. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's been a real revelation. Uh, so that was the, the best performance, but uh, – Jose Barrios, I'm very angry at myself for not buying low when I had the chance. I did try. I just didn't succeed, but another good start for him. Two runs on eight, uh, in eight innings with nine Ks against the Tigers. And just a quick note, uh, Blaine Hardy made another start for the Tigers in that game, uh, opposing Barrios, and pretty good. Five innings, uh, two runs, seven hits, but no walks. Uh, four strikeouts for, uh, for Hardy. I don't know that I'm quite ready to take the plunge on him in a mixed league yet, but worth watching what's interesting for me is if you go back to last year and you factor in this season as well jose barrios at target field has just been amazing he really it's i think he's got like a 259 era 111 strikeouts and like 104 innings i think he's only walked 22 batters over that time i mean it's really been a fantastic performance he if he if he can get this road split thing corrected then we'll have the ascension complete. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I do think it's just a matter of him putting the pieces together. I think he's a complete pitcher, and we're seeing that in his last couple of starts. Anyways, on that note, got to head to break. We've got a few more pitching performances to, uh, to mull over, and then we're going to mull over the pitchers going tonight. A lot of interesting ones, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back with all that. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. 
just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Al Melkier, your host, and it is Tuesdays with Modica. So that means Matt Modica is here for the entire show, which is great because it's another pitching-heavy show. we got a lot of great pitching performances from Monday to go over, and then we're going to look ahead to Tuesday night. That'd be tonight. And uh, some real interesting pitchers on the slate there. Uh, so before we get to those, let's uh, go back to Monday. And... Uh, Good, good matchup in, uh, in Dodger Stadium uh, with Walker Bueller and Herman Marquez. And I actually, I picked up Marquez for the two starts uh, in a 12-team head-to-head points league, Matt. So he still got that uh, second scheduled start uh, on the weekend against the Reds, but that one's at Coors. So I really, really was hoping that Marquez would have a great start against the Dodgers. I kind of had a feeling he would. And then if he just isn't completely terrible <laughs> uh, on, on Sunday, uh, I think it's Sunday, uh, then it's, uh, you know, it, it would, it'll, it'll be a worth, worth the while to have started him. So Marquez went seven innings, just one run on two hits and two walks with five Ks. Bueller, uh, anyone? Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's way overplayed. Uh, one run in, over uh, seven. In- no, nah, I guess not. Uh, so seven innings, one run on two hits, no walks, and six Ks. So a couple of guys who really, uh, you know, very good control pitchers, a good command within the zone, and we saw that with uh, both of them last night. Yeah, I got to watch most of this game, and it was a really good game. Uh, Marquez, as you know, you, you picked him up, you got everything you could have wanted from that start. And Bueller was just, I mean, he was hitting the corners at 97 the fastball, the placement of his fastball is just really impressive, especially at his age. And if the Dodgers are going to be a team that's going to win a division this year and stuff, he's going to have to be a big part of his team. Yeah, yeah, he is. And so far, so far, so good uh, for Bueller. Uh, Nick Pavetta with another good start, seven scoreless innings, uh, four hits, one walk, seven Ks against the Braves. And that, you know, that matchup makes me nervous now. So I was happy to see Pavetta escape that one. And Mike Fulton, good. Not quite as good as Pavetta, but a run over six innings on six hits, two walks, five Ks. You know, the Phillies get to be uh, a, a little bit of a dangerous lineup as well. So I think that speaks a lot to Pavetta and, and Fulton Yeah, uh, that was uh, – I didn't get to see much of it. I know Fulton made the one mistake to Nick Williams. Pavetta has just been rolling. But with Fulton He's just always like in a full count. If he can ever get that pitch count down, I mean, he's really becoming a, a very good pitcher. And Pavetta at home has just been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. He's been dominant at home. I think he has a two ERA. The strikeouts have been plentiful. So, you know, he's got to correct the road woes, but he did strike out 11 in Camden last week on the road. So maybe that's a sign of better things to come there. Uh, I hope so. And the fact that he's so good at home is a, a bit unexpected, I think, because, or at least a, a pleasant surprise, because he's a fly ball pitcher in a tiny ballpark there. And uh, I, I wrote a piece a few weeks back about how he doesn't 
get very many fly balls pulled against him. And I think he's pretty much maintained that, uh, you know, right through uh, almost the first two months of the season. So uh, it speaks well of Pavetta, I think, no matter where he pitches. Uh, another good start for Gio Gonzalez. Uh, granted, it was the Padres, but uh, he's been pretty good all season long. Uh, two runs over seven innings, five Ks, but three walks. So Gonzalez, you know, you always have to worry about the walk rate with him. Walking more than four per nine innings, but he's back again with a uh, ERA in the twos, 2.38. And matching that uh, quote-unquote unsustainable strand rate from last year, 82% again this year. Uh, I mean, is, is this uh, a house of cards just waiting to fall, or should we just, you know, throw up our hands and say this is just who Gio Gonzalez is now? I think it's maybe just who Gio is now. I I was suspect like everybody else coming into the year, but I looked at it from last year and this year. He's got a 2.83 ERA. He's pitched 257 innings, struck out 248 batters. The only other guys that have done that since the start of 2017 are Scherzer, Sale, Severino, Verlander, Kluber. That's it, and Gio. <laughs> so that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I. You know, I, I just think back to somebody we're going to talk about in a short bit, Jeremy Hulkson, in his first two seasons, uh, both of them had a, an 80%-plus strand rate. And the other peripherals weren't that great. I mean, remember, he won a Rookie of the Year award with not great peripherals other than the strand rate. And after those first two seasons, I thought, you know, this is this is just something he can do. So, I, you know, kind of burned by that prognostication. <laughs> I remained a little bit remained a little skeptical. The one thing I will say about the strand rate is the elite pitchers are going to be about 80% or higher. Like the guys who are going to be the best pitchers, like the top five guys, are probably going to have a strand rate at least 78 to 85. Because that's just how it's going to work. They're going to be able to get out of the, they're going to be able to get out of the jams, have the swing and miss ability. So when you look, when I look at the strand rate and I see it's an elite pitcher, I'm okay with it. It's when it's not the elite pitcher that I kind right. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Uh, well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Chase Anderson came back. Quality start for him, two runs, six innings, only three Ks. I still think there's time for him to maybe round into last year's form. But the notable thing, I think, in that game was that Corey Knable came on for the save. Um, I don't know what the situation's going to be going for. I don't know if he's, he's going to you know just be in there when Josh Hader needs a rest or if, if this is Knable's job again now. Uh, I had the opportunity to get him in a trade over the weekend. I passed it up because I didn't trust the role, and I didn't necessarily trust he was going to be as good as he was last year. Uh, after this, <laughs> I have a little bit of regret, but uh, what, what do you think about Corey Knebel's value going forward? I think is going to be the closer, say, 90% of the time. I think the way they've been using Hater is, if, say, they have that 2-1 lead or 3-4 lead in the seventh inning, they put Hater in, and they just let him finish it. And if he can finish it, great. So, I mean, nobody's hitting him. I mean, it's it's almost the you know, third week of May, and he's got a 60% <laughs> strikeout percentage. So, I think that's how they're doing it. But I think as the season progresses, they're going to need to have Hayter, you know, securing that seventh and eighth inning for them and then go into a Corey Knable in the ninth to close it out. Yeah, well, that's why I have a little bit of regret because I think <laughs> I think that's probably right. Um, well, I want to uh, 
move ahead to tonight's slate. Uh, a lot of interesting pitchers, and I want to try to get to as many of these as we can. Uh, but one guy I already mentioned just a little while ago, Jeremy Helks, and he's got the Padres tonight. He's uh, been really good through six starts this season. And, yeah, he's not a big strikeout guy, never has been. But the strikeout rate is up. Uh, the walk rate is extremely low. Uh, I wrote a piece for Rotographs earlier today where I, I focused down on his knuckle curve, which he's thrown for strikes at just an obscene rate. Uh, so he's got a nice matchup. And I basically made the argument, go pick up Jeremy Helkson right now because he, there's a good chance he puts up a great start against the Padres. He's got two starts next week. And, you know, maybe you don't wind up starting him, but, you know, you may not even have the option in a lot of leagues to pick him up after a start against the Padres. So... Does that seem like, well, first of all, think, do you like him as a, as a daily lineup pick against the Padres? And what do you think about him going forward? I, I think uh, I do like him tonight. I think you're, I think you're kind of right here, Al. Uh, I mean, Hellickson is a guy that, you know, people are going to hear the name, they're mostly going to laugh. But here's the thing, right now, this season, he has a 30% fly ball percentage. And his hard hit percentage is under 30%. So those are two things right there as you mentioned with the knuckle curve and all that. And his ERA indicators are looking pretty damn good. I mean, a 328 XFIP is excellent. So, I mean, there's a lot to like here. The the whip is like 085 or something like that. The walk, you Mm -hmm. know, he's not walking people. So I think this is a very good matchup for him tonight. And he is a guy I would take a shot on going forward. Yeah, now those uh, two starts are on the road at Baltimore, at Atlanta, uh, potentially tough venues. Uh, the Braves lineup in particular I do worry about. So it's it's not, you know, going to be, uh, you know, a cake pair of matchups for Helix. And so you can watch them tonight, and, and you know, then you, you have six days to make up your mind. Uh, and then a couple other pictures that I uh, wrote about this for a different piece that was on Fantrax. Uh, Jay Happ and um, James Shields who along with CeCe Sabathia, they're guys over 35 who have made substantial changes. And, you know, I know that the default mode for most of us is, you know, when somebody who's in that late late stage of their career, when they're doing something that's a lot better and a lot different than what they've done in the the recent past, we just sort of write it off. Whereas if the guy was 24, 25, be like, oh, Breakout coming. (laughs) So, you know, with Hap, we got the big boost in strikeouts. He's got the Angels tonight, so... You know, it's getting real for Jay Happ facing the Angels. Uh, do you trust him for this start? Here's the thing. I don't think the Angels are one of the teams that, you know, don't really strike out a lot. Jay Happ, Jay Happ is one of the t- – he's one of ten guys with a 30% strikeout or more. So I think it's going to be a little tougher tonight to get those swing and misses. And it's I don't know if it's an ideal matchup for him. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not – and I, I like Happ. I have him on a lot of teams. I still like him for the rest of the season, but this one might be a tough one. Yeah, I agree. And something I discovered in in researching the the Fantrax pieces, he's had a really favorable schedule so far. And he's faced the three teams uh, that have the highest strikeout rates against lefties, the Rangers, the White Sox, and the Mets. And in those three starts, he got 28 strikeouts and 19 and a third innings. So that, that strikeout rate, I think, is a bit inflated. And I really do fear this matchup. Uh, now, James Shields, I, I don't think he, you know, he's anybody's idea of, uh, you know, <laughs> somebody to go out and, 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 you know, put in your daily lineup. But 
he's been sneaky good uh, for the past four starts, and all season long he's been really good at uh, avoiding uh, hard fly ball contact. And he's facing an Orioles lineup that does have some power potential, but there's also you know some holes in it. Um, so I'm not going to ask you if, if you would start Shields tonight. I think it's a wait and see situation. I guess if you disagree, let, tell me that. But otherwise, uh, do you think that there's any uh, fantasy appeal there for James Shields? Uh, for me, I, I'm just not going to touch James Shields. I'll just go back real quick. When you mentioned Hellickson and he has the Orioles Sunday, I know it's in Camden, but the Orioles strike out ton. So, you know, yep. that could help him there too. <laughs> Uh, excellent point. Excellent point. All right. So you tweeted earlier today about Brock Stewart. He's got the Cardinals or the Cardinals. I'm sorry, the Rockies uh, in L.A. A lot of people I see on Twitter say, oh, I'm scared of the Rockies, but they're they're not that good away from Coors Field. So uh, I am mildly I won't say excited, mildly interested in Brock Stewart tonight. You seem more than mildly interested. Uh, he's a guy that in those drafted holds I have uh, shares of and stuff. He seemed like a guy that would get the opportunity to get into the rotation if someone like Rich Hill mysteriously got a blister and couldn't pitch anymore. So that kind of happens, as always. So Stewart's in, you know, and I want to see what he can do. I don't think he's a great pitcher, but I think he does have some upside here. And the the Rockies team, they've been, you know, they have been a horrible lineup. The one thing that's really crazy, you know, with with the Rockies – and, you know, that's been Charlie Blackman and his home road splits. He's been a much better player uh, on the road. He has 11 mm-hmm. of his 12 homers on the road. So, you know, he's just been a much better player there. So there's that. But I kind of like I, I kind of like to see. I'm going to be uh, watching this one, seeing what Brock Stewart can do. And him, Ross Stripling, these guys, the Dodgers are always going to need extra starters. That's, yeah, true, as much as any team, maybe more than any other team. So that's a good point. I mean, we always, you know, there was concern Alex Wood was going to miss the start. It looks like now he's not going to. But, uh, yeah, a lot of injury risk in that, in that rotation. And Stewart is, is an interesting, uh, you know, interesting option there. Uh, and just to reinforce my point about the Rockies on the road, they have a two ninety three on-base percentage on the road so far this year. And in terms of WOBA on the road, they rate 25th. Uh, with a 290 Woba. That's pretty bad. So I think they're a good That matchup. is pretty bad. And that's yeah. what Charlie Blackman playing really well. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that is. Yeah, so it just really speaks to the rest of the lineup. Uh, Trevor Cahill's got the uh, Mariners at home. I thought about picking him up in my daily lineup league today. I'm so glad I didn't because I came across a stat that kind of explained a lot uh, to me. He's been... Uh, one of the pitchers, I think I want to say maybe the second highest, uh, I, 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 I don't want to be wrong here, but definitely near the, the bottom of the leaderboard in terms of average, average exit velocity on fly balls and line drives, um, bottom meaning highest, not good. So uh, somebody who could miss bats but really could get into trouble if he's not missing bats. Yeah, I kind of like him in deeper leagues for the fact that, you know, he does have that swing and miss. And a 60% ground ball percentage is something that will keep me interested. You know, he, as you stated, he, when he's getting hit, it is getting hit hard in the air. But everything else is looking pretty good. He's not somebody you can ever trust long term. But I think he's a nice matchup guy when, uh, when in 
I think that's yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. You got to got to pick your spots, and the Mariners even you know without uh, D Gordon and Robinson Cano, uh, I think they can still do some damage. Uh, are you trusting Domingo Herman against the Rangers? Uh, no, am I trusting him? Absolutely not. I'm still. I'm not going to go totally off the kid. I know. The, I know he had the nine strikeout game, and then the next performance wasn't good. Uh, I, I, I want to watch it and then e- evaluate him after this start. It's not somebody I'd be putting in a lineup today. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so we'll see. I am a little bit nervous. And it's he hasn't pitched in a while. He had the one bad start. I, I like the Rangers matchup. Maybe I'm putting too much weight on that. So well, I think he has well, talent. I, I think the talent is there. Uh, yeah. And you got Joey Gallo in there, so we can get some strikeouts. True, or you know, give up the home run. But uh, now he's on the opposite end of that uh, exit velocity continuum from from Cahill, so that 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 encourages me. Uh, and Caleb Smith against the Mets. This is another one I like because of the matchup. Smith has been inconsistent, but the Mets one of the worst teams against lefties. Um, oh. Do you think he's trustworthy? I think for tonight, absolutely. He's like the one Marlin uh, out of these young kids they had going early in the season that I actually do believe in. I never really believed in uh, Jarlin the Marlin. Caleb <laughs> Smith's looking pretty good. Uh, is he going to have struggles? He does tend to give up the walks and stuff. So, but is a young kid? He's a former Yankee, I believe, right? Yeah, he was with the he Yankees is? Yeah. back in the day. So, I mean, look, when you, you get the strikeouts, you're going to be put on anybody's radar. I know the ERA is kind of high, but if you look at the XFIP, it's like 370 or something like that. So this is a kid that, on a bad team, I'm actually interested in. All right, yeah. Uh, well, I've got him started, too, so keep my fingers crossed for him and for uh, Domingo Herman and Jer- Jeremy Helkson, who I've, I've all got them all going tonight. So, uh, well, Matt, I think we're just about out of time here, so uh, happy birthday. Uh, thank you, sir. Hope you enjoy your, your plans, uh, whatever they are. And uh, we got to put a bow on this one, folks, so... I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be having our DFS segment with the uh, guys from uh, DailyRoto.com. Hope you tune in for that one. Have a great one, everybody, and enjoy tonight's baseball.